coming to Bloomington from my home in Uganda. I have found Sherwood Oaks to be my second home. This has happened largely because I have joined several service teams to get to know people and to serve together. I help with the children's program on Sundays. I participate in international coffee hour activities and I have been active in the furniture giveaway, which is the largest volunteer activity at Sherwood Oaks. Each year, over 350 volunteers join hands to provide 2,000 pieces of donated furniture. From May until late August, there's something for everyone. Many donate furniture and household goods, while others drive trucks and pick up donations. Others work behind the scenes on all the systems that keep things organized. Some organize and serve lots of food to energize the volunteers. Others sort, clean, and repair items for delivery day. The week of the event, drivers pick up students. Hosts greet them and lead them through the selection process. Children also serve by leading the student guests from station to station. There are many international servants like me whose home is far away, but who have benefited from the generosity and care that they receive from the volunteers and want to do something to return the favor. I have met so many wonderful people by serving. It has made my time here in Bloomington so rich and rewarding. I recommend everyone to join a serve team. It's one big way that church matters in my life. I love that, uh, that video and I got to serve. Yeah, let's praise God for that. That's really cool. I got, to, I got to serve with Esther uh, on, a, on a delivery team uh, this year for Furniture Giveaway. And, and it was such a blessing for me just to kind of sit back and watch um, as everyone else did all of the work and move couches. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, it was such a blessing to sit back and watch Esther use her gift. She has such an incredible pastoral heart to see the connection that she was making with students sharing with them the love of Jesus, welcoming them to Bloomington, to IU, making that connection uh, between like why we do this event and the love of Jesus uh, that, that he has for them. And, and it just made me grateful for the body of Christ, the collective body of Christ, and for this event in particular. Because I don't, I don't know that I see it anywhere else as much as I do at the Furniture Giveaway that people with every kind of gift and ability and talent come together for a single purpose. You have people that, that serve at the furniture giveaway that don't have necessarily anything else in common. There's probably nothing else that would draw them together except for Jesus and wanting to serve him in this way. And so you have people um, as young as like my girls are younger and my girls are nine and 10 and they were running around as like little host um, during, during the week, all the way up to um, our most uh, seasoned saints that, uh, that give their time that week. Uh, you have people from different countries who speak different heart languages. You have people that volunteer for FGA that have a variety of political opinions. There are even people who serve at FGA that are Purdue fans, and they're the worst. And, but we come together 
Actually, Purdue fans, you're not the worst. There's still Kentucky fans and Duke fans um, that are just slightly, slightly below you. But we come together, we put aside all of those differences and we come together and we serve. And I think it is just such a beautiful picture of what the church is called to be, not just for an event, but all the time. We come together, instead of dividing around differences that ultimately don't matter, we come together in unity around Jesus because that's what matters most. And we serve as his hands and his feet. And I think that that is the point that Paul is trying to make in our text today. So if you have a Bible or a Bible app that you like to use, turn with me to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. Throughout scripture, we, we see this pattern of people encountering God's holiness or experiencing his grace, and then their lives are completely transformed. They respond by giving their lives back to service in, in him. And so you have the prophet Isaiah who encountered God's holiness and he responds to God's question, whom shall I send and who will go for me? Isaiah raises his hand and he says, here am I, send me. You have the apostle Paul who, when he was Saul and, and persecuting the church, he was on his way to Damascus and Jesus encountered him. And, and he said, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And, and, and Paul had this incredible encounter with God's grace through Jesus and his life was changed and he gave himself back in service by, by preaching the gospel to nearly the entire known world, planting churches, even though it cost him his life. And what I find in scripture and what I've seen in my own life and in the life of so many people is that when we encounter the holiness of God and, and we experience his grace, our natural response is to humbly serve him. When we encounter this amazing God who, who loves us and is for us and meets us where we are and we experience his grace, his life-changing, transformational grace, the only thing we can do is throw up our hands and say, Lord, here am I, send me. Lord, I want to make you known. I want to serve you and give back to you. It's what, what Paul says in Romans chapter 12, that, that we offer ourselves as living sacrifices back to him. That is our act of worship in response to this God who loves us. And when you have a church that are filled with people, who feel this way, who are humbly using their gifts and their abilities to serve one another, to come together, to serve the community. Not only does the community of faith grow and mature, but the world outside these walls sees the beauty of the body of Christ in us. That's why the third part of our ministry strategy is serve teams. We've been looking at our ministry strategy over the last few weeks. And, and so we have worship gatherings, connect groups, and serve teams. These are the three ways that we kind of live out God's desire and design for the church. And today we're going to be talking about serve teams. And I believe that the church is at its best and is most beautiful when everyone comes together and uses their gift to serve one another in the community around us. That's what Paul talks about in Ephesians 4. Look at it with me. Starting in verse 1. 
He writes these words, as a prisoner of the Lord then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. Let's push pause right here. Paul starts this section by telling us to live a life worthy of the calling that we have received. And oftentimes when we hear that word calling, we think of something very specific, like a a moment, a task, a desire, something, some purpose that God has for us. But but what Paul is talking about here is is a little bit broader than that. It's It's more general than that. He's talking about the calling that we have as followers of Jesus to be called out to be the called out ones who live in this world following Jesus and living for him. We have been set apart by Christ and for Christ. We have been given a new identity and a new purpose. That is our calling to live out our faith as new creations in Christ who have been given this ministry and message of reconciliation that we talked about in week one. That is who we are in Christ. That is our calling. And Paul says, live a life worthy of who Christ has made you. The word worthy literally means to to bring up the other end of the scales. We have encountered this holy God. We have been transformed and renewed by his grace. Now we bring up the other side of the scales and we go out and we live who we are in Jesus. We live holy lives that measure up to the holiness that we have received by grace. And we don't do this, listen, we don't do this to earn that grace, to earn more of God's favor in our life. We do it in response to the grace that we have already received freely in Christ. And as the church comes together in one body with one heart and with one mind, redeemed and restored and renewed by Jesus, Paul says that there ought to be a passion and an urgency that grows inside of us to protect and maintain the unity that we share in the Spirit, that we should fight for it. We are to make every effort to keep that unity because we are committed and we are bound to the Father, but we are also committed and we are bound to each other through Jesus. And notice in these verses that Paul is not talking about some casual commitment here. He says in verse 4 that we are one body. And we're going to talk more in depth about that next week. But the idea is that we are not just loosely connected to one another. Like my arm is not just casually connected to my body. <laughs> it's an integral part of who I am. My, my foot doesn't just come and go as it pleases. We are bound together in Christ, each part doing its work to serve the other. And then look what he says in verse 7. He says, but to... Each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. To each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. 
So Paul shifts from talking about the whole and the body to recognizing that there is individual value in each member. That we are united and one in Christ, but our unity does not equal uniformity. We are not just clones of one another. The, The church is beautiful in its diversity. And man, we honor and we celebrate that here at Sherwood Oaks. And when when Christ gifts us, he gifts us in that diversity as well. Like we celebrate the the racial and ethnic diversity within the church, but we also celebrate that we have diverse roles that each one of us play. We have each been given different gifts and abilities to use in service to Jesus and to one another. And that's what Paul means when he talks about Jesus handing out different measures of grace. He's not talking about saving grace. When when we put our faith in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, when we follow him, every single one of us receives the same amount of saving grace. What Paul is talking about is Christ equipping grace. He draws this out a little bit more in Romans 12, 6, when he says, we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. And so in his grace, Christ has gifted all of us in different ways to make up the body. Our gifts that we have received in him are an act of grace. And when we give those gifts and use those gifts for the church and for others, we are giving grace to them as well in the way that we live and love and serve together. In verse 8 through 10, Paul quotes Psalm 68 to emphasize Jesus as the gift giver, that even though he now reigns in heaven, he is still very much engaged in the lives of those of us in the church by giving these gifts. And you would expect that after talking about kind of the uniqueness in the individual ones, that Paul would go into a list of of the gifts like he does in Romans 12 and, and again in 1 Corinthians 12. But instead, in this section, in in, in Ephesians 4, he only chooses to focus on the five church leadership gifts. Look at what he says in verse 11 through 13. He says, so Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God, and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. As you notice why Christ gave those five gifts, why Christ gave the apostles and the prophets and the evangelists and the pastors and the teachers, it's not for them to do the work of ministry. It's for them to equip followers of Jesus, the body. The ESV says to equip the saints for the work of ministry so that the body may be built up and grow stronger and into maturity. That word equip means to make fully ready. And in common Greek outside of the New Testament, it's oftentimes used as like a surgical term to to reset a broken bone to make a body whole again, function again. And so the work of church leadership is not just to do the work of ministry, but to build up the body of Christ, to equip others to do and to share in the work of ministry. 
It's an incredible picture of unity that Paul paints here, bringing together all of these pieces, sending them out as one body that is unified and fully equipped to live and love and serve like Jesus. It's one of the reasons why the church still matters and why you still matter to the church, why we need one another. We live in a world like Paul did that celebrates individualism as a sign of strength. But Paul is actually teaching us here that that when it comes to the church, individualism is actually a sign of immaturity. We cannot grow and mature in our faith in isolation. In fact, Paul is teaching us that we mature in Christ when we recognize our need and our dependency on one another. This is the way that God has designed and structured his church so that we work together as one body, serving and loving each other in this community. And I love how this happens every day, not just every week, every day here at Sherwood Oaks Christian Church. Listen, our church would be a sad, 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 sad place if everything was up to me. You do not want me leading worship. You do not want me taking care of your kids. Just trust me on that. (laughs) The church would be a sad place if it was just up to the ministerial staff and elders to do the work of ministry. But we have a body of believers here that takes seriously their call to ministry. And we're inviting you to join that. We have over 90 connect group leaders. 90 group leaders who love and teach and encourage the people in their groups. We have student ministry volunteers that pour time into our students, discipling them, walking with them as they go through the challenges of middle school and high school. Last week we had a a team, and even today and tomorrow, that that are loading up Operation Christmas Child boxes into bigger boxes and then packing them in the trailer so that they can be shipped out across the world to get into the hands of children this Christmas. We have countless people who work behind the scenes counseling couples and individuals going through a hard time, calling shut-ins just to check and see how they're doing. We have ladies who use their gifts of knitting and sewing to provide lap blankets to those in wheelchairs, uh, hats uh, to, to, to send to our mission partners in northern India, uh, prayer shawls to, to gift to people going through a hard time so that they know that they're not alone. They even make sling bags for ladies going through breast cancer treatments. Uh, last week, I was in Bedford and uh, ran into a lady that attends our, our, our campus down there. And we were talking about Thanksgiving plans and what we were going to be doing. And she said, I'm going to go and, and have lunch with our family and then go home and peel 80 potatoes that afternoon to make mashed potatoes and gravy uh, to take to the Thanksgiving dinner that, uh, that our church is hosting at the Men's Warming Center. And I just, I loved that. Like she was taking the opportunity to be with her family, but she was also like, no, I'm still in the game. I'm still serving I can still do something. I may not be able to do what I used to do, but I can peel potatoes and make some mean mashed potatoes and gravy to be a blessing to these guys who may otherwise not get a Thanksgiving meal. Yesterday, I spent the the morning with upward basketball coaches who were using their gifts to do evaluations so that we can not just teach kids how to play basketball, but we can share the love of Jesus with them. 
From my seat on the Sherwood Oaks bus, I am so blessed to have this incredible view of a church that is serving on mission. Tuesday nights, 6.30 in the chapel. We have a group of people, faithful people who gather together to pray. To, to pray for our church, to pray for each other, to pray for you. And they love for you to join them. We would love for you to join us on that sometime. I get to see people serving in so many ways. The body of Christ caring for those who are hurting and struggling by coming alongside of of people however they can. I get to see a group of college girls at IU who are sophomores working together, using their gifts to raise money to go towards rescuing young girls who are trapped in sex trafficking. One of them told me a few weeks ago, compassion without action is wasted reaction. Compassion without action is a wasted reaction. And so she's like, Sean, we're not just going to look at this and, and these girls who are being trafficked and go, oh, that's, that's too bad. We're going to be moved to action. We're going to do something. And so these sophomores in college who are busy volunteering in our high school ministry and, and in our kids and welcoming and greeting and, oh, yeah, by the way, taking classes in college are also figuring out ways that they can raise money to rescue these young girls, younger than them, out of sex trafficking and give them freedom and hope. They said we're not going to sit on the sidelines waiting until we're older, out of college. They are doing something now. Last week, our Connections and Care Ministries offered training events for Welcome Team volunteers and peer counseling ministry that we're developing. And, and out of the, the adult worship attenders that we had last Sunday, over 10% of them stayed for one of those trainings to get plugged in and involved in these ministries even more. And there are so many great ways that people are serving and the body of Christ is is coming together to make a difference. And if you have been sitting on the sidelines, man, listen, number one, I get it. Sometimes we are exploring faith. Sometimes we're checking out a church. Sometimes we just need to heal and we don't have a lot to give. I've been in each one of those, I know. But if you have just been sitting on the sidelines and like this has been your Sherwood Oaks experience, I'm telling you, you are missing out on so much. Esther talked about it in the video. This church is home because of the way that she's jumped in and served with one another. And so this is your challenge to get off the sidelines and to get into the game to use your gifts and your talents and your time to respond to the grace that you have received in Christ by getting out there and serving others the way that Jesus and others have served you. And we have tons of ways for you to take that first step or that next step. And I want to share with you a really fun one uh, as we wrap up today. Check out this video. This morning we want to welcome Vinyl and Brenna Lee, who are captains with the Salvation Army. Uh, They're new to town, and they're also uh, new to Sherwood Oaks, so we want to welcome you. I hope that you're settling in well. Yeah, we love Bloomington. It's been good so far. Great. Could you give us just a little history on the Red Kettle campaign and why the bell and how that's worked through the years? Absolutely. It started as a fish pot and a way for the Salvation Army uh, in California to raise 
funds to support their feeding program. And so what started as an actual physical cooking kettle has taken the nation and really the world as the Salvation Army's premier fundraising opportunity for us to fund and support all of our programs and services throughout the year. How does the money that's raised through the kettles help uh, Bloomington? The money that is raised in these kettles goes directly back to our community to support our programs like immediate assistance, so those who are needing rent and utility assistance. It supports our food pantry, our hygiene pantry. It provides us really with the capacity we need to make sure that we've got the resources to help people throughout a variety of situations. What are your goals for this year? So historically, uh, the Salvation Army here has raised across our Christmas campaign about two hundred and. $50,000 and so that's continued to be our goal throughout the years and that's our goal again this year. You have done us a great favor and given Sherwood Oaks the best Saturday before Christmas on the calendar and 11 different places that we could fill. We want to come ready to ring the bells and bring in lots of money. So give us some pointers. The best way to be the best bell ringer possible is just to have fun. So whether that means you're dancing or playing an instrument, bringing out your kids in costume, bringing out your dog, I always say that animals, yeah. kids, and music are the best three ways to attract attention and to raise the most money. Yeah. If you come with a big personality, it will yield big results. So don't be afraid to say hello to everyone who comes by, smile, greet them. Really take this opportunity to capture that true Christmas cheer at the kettle site and it will pay dividends. We appreciate so much what you're doing to make life better for people who need resources, that you do it in Jesus' name, that you do it with compassion, and that you do it with lots of love. And we're very proud to be partners with you on this. And we, again, we hope we can break all the records this year, and we need your help to do that. So be sure to sign up. There's a link on our website, ready to go. We have 40 people of the 110 already signed up. Thanks, and God bless you yeah. in what you're doing here, and I hope you enjoy Bloomington. Yeah. Well, thank, thank you so you. much. Yeah. So I, I said last service that um, I, will, I will personally make a, a $100 donation to the Red Kettle if there is any family or individual or life group that can dress better than Andy Long and his family uh, in, in his nice uh, outfit that I have no idea where he found it, where he came up with that thing. Uh, but, uh, but my wife approved it last service. We're, we're in for that. But then I think I might even add on to it another $100 if anybody can play an instrument cooler than what Lee was playing there with his accordion. So challenge is on. Uh, we are ready to make that donation. If you are ready to jump in there and serve, it's a great way to be able to, to just serve our community. So there are so many ways uh, for you to serve here at Sherwood Oaks. And if you are ready to join a serve team, two ways that you can do that today. Number one, you can text the word serve to, um, as Quentin calls it, the Sherwood Oaks hotline, 812-324-8644. Uh, text that word serve right now and you'll get a link back on how you can jump in. Or you can go to socc.org slash serve teams. And our ministry leaders have kind of compiled some ways that you can jump in and serve um, starting even today. Uh, so they would love to have you jump on that team, not because they want something from you, but man, because they want something for you, because we know that our faith grows and matures. The church becomes a community and a family as we serve shoulder to shoulder, arm in arm.
And if you're not sure what your gift is, um, there was a class that's going on during the 11 o'clock service that you missed. But, <laughs> but we would love to sit down with you personally and do a little gift assessment and find a, a way that you can serve here within Sherwood Oaks. So we, when we encounter God's holiness and we experience his grace through Jesus, everything changes. Everything changes in our life. Jesus tells us that he came not to be served, but to serve. And so the truth is, you are never more like Jesus than when you serve, than when you are giving your life for the good of someone else. And your faith grows stronger. And our church becomes better and more mature because of the part that you play, the part that only you can play. And so if you're ready to get off the sidelines and get into the game, man, we are ready to help you take that step. And if you're here today and you're ready to take that first step of faith and you want to know more about following Jesus, which is the first step in serving him, we'd love to talk to you about, about that too. Jesus, thank you for your church. It still matters. It still matters. And Lord, I pray that uh, we will be a body of Christ here at Sherwood Oaks that comes together unified, not, not in our politics, not in the teams that we root for, not in anything else other than what matters most. United in Christ, bound together by him, raised up and sent out to serve as one. And Lord, as we do that, may you grow our own faith in this church into more and more maturity. And may we show the community and the world around us the beauty of the church as we invite them into it with us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for watching this message from Sherwood Oaks Christian Church. Did you know you can view any message from the past six years at socc.org/messages? You can also view complete worship services from the past month at socc.tv.